97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Annie Fry Show is brought to you by Ruler Foods. Low prices, no coupons. Ruler Foods. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's us. That's right. Gotta love this American ride. Right, you need to take the time and get the full picture. ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. Goodness sake, Kid, keep your voice down. Your father's listening to the radio. I'm not This is the Annie Fry Show. Welcome back to the Annie Fry Show. Happy Monday. Glad to have you here. Uh, we spoke in the first hour with Jim Carafano and got the lowdown on his thoughts on the hostage trade that is taking place along with the implications of it. And there, th- while we were having that conversation with him, I'm going to pull the news story right now. They announced that more, more hostages had been released. And it looks like... Um, well, it says President Biden's supposed to speak soon, but I think he's going to talk about supply chains. And he, when when I covered Donald Trump when he was the president, if something like this happened and Donald Trump came to the podium, he would often first address the news at hand. And then he would go into his discussion about whatever, like supply chains, for instance. You've got a scheduled opportunity to speak. But it's an opportunity also to use that podium and the cameras that are there to talk about the news that just broke and you get to speak on it. And it also looks a bit foolish to not speak on that issue and and to just be doing going about the daily business. You can't really rely on Joe Biden to to handle that. So I, we'll we'll wait and see. And we will monitor that. Uh, we want you to go on the Andy Fry YouTube channel and vote in today's YouTube live chat poll. How has the 2023 economy affected your Christmas preparation? Is it positively, negatively, or not at all? Uh, Dirk says, I chose negatively. I'm cutting back on holiday spending as a direct result of higher prices. I I want to talk a little bit later in the in the show about spending because you definitely I I'll speak for myself I definitely have an arc of my life of where I've thought of Christmas gift giving in the frame of cost so for all the siblings between my husband and, and me we're going to spend I'm throwing out a number $50 per person and then everybody starts having kids and so you're like okay for all the nieces and nephews we're going to spend $25 and then there are more nieces and nephews and more siblings and, and in-laws. And it just, it expands, it expands, it expands. And I've shifted that line of thinking to not be about the dollar amount specifically. You kind of have a ballpark of what you're willing to spend. But to try to think more about the gift, which means sometimes you go find something and you, or you think of something and it's the absolute perfect gift. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to give this gift. And it costs a little bit more than the, the the idea of the budget that you have. But then also sometimes you might think of the perfect gift and it costs less than what you, like something that this person really 
is going to love to open or really, really wants or maybe needs, but had they haven't purchased it for themselves yet. And you get them that gift and then you're thinking, oh, I'm still supposed to spend 20 more dollars on them. Let that go. That's That's at least been my mentality on this issue because it's it's very difficult to manage a budget across a whole bunch of people when you're blessed to have a big family or maybe you buy for coworkers or lots of friends or whatever. It just adds up and adds up and adds up. When you are looking at the prices of what everything costs today, I definitely think that it is affected. I don't, I've never looked at gifts that I've received from people and been like, did they adhere to the budget? Did did they did they specifically stay to the gift giving budget that you you allocated ahead of time? That's just not really how gift giving is supposed to be. But we want to know what you think on the YouTube live chat poll. How has the 2023 economy affected your Christmas preparation? Positively, negatively, or not at all? A lot of people are saying right now that the prices are affecting it. Ed on YouTube says, no effect. I have always tried to ignore prices and face the music after the holidays. Credit card debt is definitely something that I think a lot of people have uh, been dealing with here also. Steve Moore joins us now. He's a distinguished fellow in economics at the Heritage Foundation. And you can find his book, Godzilla, How the Relentless Growth of Government is Devouring Our Economy and Our Freedom. Steve, hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Welcome back to the show. Good to have you here. Yeah, well, well, uh, well, right back to you, Eddie. And yeah, it was a fantastic Thanksgiving. It gained a couple pounds, but other than that, everything was good. (laughs) Yeah, we're all working that off now as we approach the Christmas season. I'm asking my listeners today about uh, how the economy is affecting their Christmas preparation, and everybody is saying they're noticing the higher prices. Some people are saying they're spending more because of it and just dealing with it, and other people are saying, I can't. what's What's your explanation for where we are right now? What are the numbers behind our economy and inflation and all of that that people are dealing with? Well, there's no question the economy is in better shape than it was a year ago. No, no doubt about it. You know, we had nine percent inflation this time last year, and now it's down to four. So that's a big improvement. But four percent inflation is still high, Annie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, the target is two, and you know, it's like saying, "Well, I had a 103 degree temperature, and now I only have a 101 degree temperature." <laughs> you high. know, you're still sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I here's what worries me. You know, I've mentioned many times on your uh, show that. You know, it's it's very much like, a, you know, a guy who goes out, you know, partying on the town and drinking and drinking all night long and dancing on the tables at the end of the night and then can barely get out of bed in the next morning. And I think that there's a little bit of that now. You mentioned credit card debt. It's yeah. over one trillion dollars. Did you know that? One point oh four trillion, not billion, trillion dollars of debt. I know these numbers are so gigantic. People's heads spin around. But, you know, I I'm worried that people because, you know, today is what Cyber Monday. Yep. And, you know, we have Black Friday. And so far, just over the last three days, the sales numbers are really strong. People are spending. You know, there's no doubt they're spending money. I worry how they're going to pay for it. Right. Do they think the government's going to bail them out <laughs> like they did the student loans? The interest rates, too. I mean, we've seen interest rates going way, way up on mortgage rates. But the credit card interest rates are astronomical, too. There's, It seems yeah. as though there's a point where... You can't get ahead of that credit card debt. It's going to it's going to you're going to be paying your interest yeah. every yeah. month. And then and then what happens when the trillions of dollars of credit card debt grows because nobody's yeah. paying yeah. off the principal? You know, it's exactly uh, it's like what's happening at the consumer level, like in the family level that you just described is like a microcosm of what's happening at the federal level where 
exactly that problem. You and I have talked about this, that more and more of the taxes we're paying now aren't even going for government services. They're not going for roads. They're not going for hospitals. They're not going for police service or national defense. More and more of it is just going off, you know, paid for the interest on the debt. And now that's where a lot of families are at. And I'm not a financial advisor, um, but the one piece of financial advice I want to give to people, stop, you know, ringing up your credit card bill because that's the worst way to borrow. Because they will charge you 25 or 30 percent, you know, in some cases. And so then you're just paying, you're paying, as you said, you're not even fighting off the principal. You're just paying these high interest rates. So, uh, look, I hope we can get out of this situation without a kind of major retraction. Um, I don't know. I've been kind of given up on, on, you know, saying we're going to have a recession. I hope we don't. But this can't continue. Yeah, You know, you can't keep borrowing, borrowing, borrowing and hoping that story and he has a happy ending. Yeah, but I, it's certain it certainly doesn't. And there isn't going to be a bailout because there's no money to bail people out. With. There, there, <laughs> well, no Washington money. thinks, well, Washington can print the money, <laughs> you know, I mean, then then we become like Argentina. By the way, I'm so excited. I have to say as an aside, I don't know if anybody's paying attention to this, right. but, you know, in Argentina, this guy, Malay, you won this stunning upset against the Peronistas, the ones who, you know, sent uh, Argentina to the poorhouse with it. You know, you think we have inflation problems here? You know what the inflation rate in um, in uh, Argentina is? You said 4%, 400%, 400%, 400%, 400%, 400%, 400%, 400%. there. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, now that's inflation. And so, you know, got almost a situation where literally, almost literally the, the money isn't worth the paper it's printed on. And so I don't want to see, you know, that kind of thing happen in the And by the way, the reason it happened is because of runaway spending. So the most important thing we have to do, this is our, I know it's a little early for this, but if we ever make a New Year's pledge, you know, our pledge should be to get, you know, the government to cut, you know, trillions of dollars out of this obese budget. Yeah, you took the thought right out of my mouth because, or my mind, because I was going to say to you, I was going to ask you to kind of set the tone for 2024 for us. It's a big election year, and the election is going to have huge, huge implications on the direction of the economy. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, have you seen anything from the Biden administration that shows you that they are going to make some changes in in the coming year, going into an election year to try to make the economy better for American people who are going to have to vote in November. Oh, I think they're going to do, I think they're going to spend more and print more money because they think that's the way they get them, you know, oh, look at all the free money, you know, and so I think that'll make things worse, not better. Um, I don't think Joe Biden will be, by the way, the Democratic nominee. I don't see how he possibly could be. I don't, can anyone really imagine four more years of him in the White House? It would be Mm -hmm. catastrophic. Um, You know, so they, they will spend and spend and spend. And we'll pay the bills later. You ever see the movie Wayne's World? <laughs> yeah, it's been a Remember while. That movie? I didn't see Remember? this yeah, conversation so, going this way, but I like it. Yeah, yeah well, there's, you know, the, what's the famous line from that? Party on, Wayne. Remember yeah. that one? Party <laughs> on, Wayne. Well, that's what we're doing. We're partying on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Party on, Kamala. It's something else. I, I don't think that he's going to be the nominee either. I don't know how they're going to get from where they are right now to a new nominee, but I'm, I'm very much so looking forward to seeing what twenty. Well, I want people is. to pay attention to Thursday night. Yes. I hope this is on your account. You know what's happening Thursday night? Yes, I do. We're going to air it live what? on 97.1. Oh, you're good. Well, I've been 
Okay, I'm going to tell you something off the record, okay? Off but, the record. You know, I've been trying to give a little <laughs> advice to, you know, the governor there, um, Ron DeSantis, who's, mm-hmm. a, you know, America's governor, fantastic. And just comparing and contrasting what's happening in Florida versus what's happening in California. California is a disaster area now. You know, they've got five times the rate of homelessness. They have a higher unemployment rate, more poverty. You know, uh, 200,000 people are leaving every year for California, for New York. I mean, for California, for Florida, you've got the gas. Here's one. Here's one. It's just a sneak preview. The gas price in in uh, California right now is is five dollars a gallon. Oh. It's like it's like three dollars a gallon in Florida. So mm-hmm. think about that. You, they pay two dollars a gallon more for gas at the pump in California than they do in Florida. <sighs> It's it's outrageous. Do you, last question before we let you go, because the the DeSantis Newsom debate it's eight o'clock uh, local time here. We are going to air yep. it on ninety seven yep. one on Thursday. Yep. How does Newsom? Because you and I look at that and go, what a disaster. Who would choose the California way? What is he going to say that's going to try to entice people to go? Yeah, the California way is the. Oh, way. Oh, I know what he's going to say. What is it? I know exactly what he's going to say because he he's going to say, oh, California is the freedom state because we allow women to have abortions and we don't take books off the shelves and da da da. Which is by the way. That's a fraudulent comment because, they, you know, they are taking books like uh, To Kill a Mockingbird off out of the libraries, um, you know, not the pornographic material that, you know, some governors are trying to get out of the out of the grade schools. But, um, he, you know, and by the way, I know Gavin Newsom. I met him. He's a, he is he's you know, who he reminds me of Annie. Mm. Bill, Bill Clinton. He's very, See? very slick. Yeah. And so he's going to be tough, you know, and and. Uh, you know, he doesn't have any of the facts on his side, but if this is if this is about substance, <laughs> this, this is politics. Than style, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. You don't need the facts. You just need to be able to say it in that smooth, slick way. Yeah. Well, we'll be yeah. listening and I look forward to hopefully being able to connect to you Monday and, and seeing what you thought about that debate. It's going to be very, very compelling. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Have a great week ahead. You as well. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye-bye. The Distinguished Fellow in Economics at Heritage Foundation. His book is called Govzilla, How the Relentless Growth of Government is Devouring Our Economy and Our Freedom. It is a really good example of an ec- if, if you've ever had a mountain of credit card debt, and I've experienced this over the course of years where you, you put stuff on a credit card and you're trying to get ahead of it. I mean, in college, it might have been a $400 balance and you're trying to figure out how am I going to get this balance down you just end up paying the interest, but that you just always pay the interest until you get down to the principle of, of the actual matter. And on a large scale, that is what the United States government is doing. We do need to shrink government. We do need to cut spending. And we need to figure out how to get someone elected who is going to sell people on the idea of cutting spending. That doesn't play in politics, but boy, would it play well for the United States economy. We're going to take a quick break. Brian Kilmeade on the Annie Fry Show when we come back. Of course, he is the co-anchor of Fox and Friends. You see him on Fox in the morning. And you hear him right before the Annie Fry Show right here on 97.1 FM Talk. And you're going to hear him on the Annie Fry Show when we come back. Stick around. Brian Kilmeade when we return. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, you know, the idiots even have to ruin the Macy's Day, Thanksgiving Day parade, including a, pal- a Palestinian flag that was, whatever that is, was held up on one of the first floats that included the Native Americans who actually dined with the pilgrims on Thanksgiving. This is what happened on Macy's Day and the Macy's Day Thanksgiving Day parade. I had to explain that to my kids while we were waiting to see Santa Claus and Bluey. Uh, Brian Kilmeade joins the Annie Fry Show right now, co-anchor of Fox and Friends and, of course, host of the Brian Kilmeade Show, which happens right before the Annie Fry Show. Brian, welcome back. It's good to have you here. Uh, 
Uh, good to see you, Annie. Well, I see you this week. Yes, yeah, Friday. I have the the Kilmead Christmas in the prettiest cursive handwriting. <laughs> We're excited to have you here on Friday. I wonder if I lost that skill to write in script. Can, can you it's read cursive, though? I there's a whole conspiracy that we're not teaching kids to read cursive so that they can't read our founding documents. You know a little bit about the founding documents. Do you believe that conspiracy? <laughs> I don't. I've never even heard that before. That's how they, maybe they're afraid to show, uh, share it with me. Yeah, they don't want you to know that because you'll debunk it in, in no time. I want to talk to you a little bit about your book here, but I also want to, before we get into uh, Teddy and Booker T, How Two American Icons Blazed a Path for Racial Equality, I want to give you an opportunity to talk. You do this three hours a day right here before my show starts. But specifically, we've got more hostages that have been released. Your thoughts right now on the way America is playing a role in what is taking place in these negotiations between Israel and Hamas? I mean, uh, the president just have to understand you can't have a ceasefire. I mean, I think he understands that. I think he's totally shocked. And I'm just going to take, I'm going to pretend there is no conspiracy there. Totally shocked to see his party just abandon him on this. Young people anyway. Did you hear the Washington Post today? How there's a huge division. They demanded to meet with Anita Dunn. Uh, among his staffers that he hired to find out why he, the president's so uh, pro-Israel and he should change that. That's what happens when you hire people that don't believe what you believe, but they just check a box. Yeah. So now, you know, whatever his, his, um, you know, his, his mixed group is doing, they don't support his policies. Now, the State Department doesn't support his policies, and they're being transparent about it. Usually we're used to seeing those disruptions and eruptions from when Donald Trump's president. Oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. We've been here forever. But now for them to turn on Joe Biden, it shows you how that State Department's got to be uh, blown up. Not so much for disagreeing, but when you have a president, the State Department has got to have your views. Offer them. Uh, you Tell them what you think. You've been there 20 whatever it is. But you have to go ahead with the policy of the people that get elected. So I don't understand what is going on here, but I'm just saying to myself that this was Trump. They'd be saying, look. Everything's backwards because they're protesting Trump. They're blocking the Manhattan Bridge for the Palestinians because it's Trump. They'd be just blaming everything on Trump. I just hope people understand uh, if he becomes president again and things go backwards. Like this is upside down world mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. It's not even it's not even bad or good. It's just totally upside down. Yeah. I, that... uh, I hope people just understand that they were doing this under a traditional candidate. Yeah. I, I don't I don't. 2024, the, the, even the, the date kind of frightens me because it's going to be. A dozen big headline news art items every single day, and you never want to drop something. You never want to miss something. You cover the news for basically half of your waking time, it seems, and you don't. You can't possibly get to all the news stories at once. But twenty twenty four is going to be even a new breed. What are you expecting to see on the global scale as? Donald Trump is the lead candidate for the Republicans. He's going to be in court the entire time. And meanwhile, it seems as though the world is on fire and Joe Biden doesn't understand any of it. Yeah, I don't think he has much of a staff, but a couple of things. When it was, which is really dangerous, is I think that Democrats are saying that Trump is Hitler, he's Stalin, he's Mussolini, he's the worst ever. Now, most people don't believe that, and some independents and undecideds will decide on the next president. But can you imagine if this guy becomes president and people are believing this stuff? They will do anything either to destroy the country, uh, take out this president, because they're going to believe that he's actually Hitler, as opposed to four years of a track record of his policies that are less confrontational, more direct, less interventionist than any president in my lifetime. 
even a lot of times he upset Republicans, like, for example, pulling out of Syria, even having talks about going out of Afghanistan. I go, what's the rush? I never he never would have done what Joe Biden did. But this guy was looking to deconflict. He's not Hitler. That, that's kind of just the opposite of Napoleon, <laughs> Hitler and all these people. I don't know if people know that. So I, I worry that people are going to panic and think they've really elected somebody that wants to destroy the country. We had a we had a protest, a pro-Palestinian protest here in St. Louis a couple weeks ago. And, and we had one of the women who was kind of well, she was assaulted at this. She was pro-Israel. She's she's Jewish. She has dual citizenship. And she showed up first and was asking the individuals there that were chanting from the river to the sea. She was like, can you name the river? And they couldn't even name the river. They don't even know. You, you know, you ask, like, do they understand Hitler? Do they understand Napoleon? I mean, these people don't. They don't care to. It's it, it's an emotional plea, and it's so incredibly misinformed. I, right, I, because you need to have a little bit of education to do it. The Black Lives Matter, I don't like cops. Okay, go protest against cops. You know, go ahead, find out the folly of your ways. But at least you could say, I know where they stand and I disagree. Mm. You didn't tell me they even understand that there is no Palestine. Right. You understand that they had a section of the world. They walked away from it, of that country. You understand that they were attacked in 1948 and that the bet was it will destroy Israel and take all of it. And they lost that bet. And now you want them to give it up after two, 67 attacks, the 73 attacks, all the eruptions and in between, the infantada that took place. Do you think anybody on the streets on Manhattan Bridge on Sunday even understood that? No, and it, it'd be the most dangerous thing for them to to get that education because uh, they would then know that they were wrong. Uh, we're speaking with Brian Kilmeade right now. He is on the Brian Kilmeade show, of course, before the Annie Fry show starts. And I, I wanted to talk about that first, because when we're you mentioned Black Lives Matter, the amount of division that was in this country in 2020 leading into an election, covid shutdowns, all of the crazy all at once. We're so divided. Joe Biden gets elected to unify us. We're more divided now. And now it's on a global scale. And you keep writing these books about these historical figures that are unlikely partners. And if you, if you told the story today, which you are, these people that we're talking about that are protesting who don't understand history would say that somebody like Teddy and Booker T or Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass would not be able to come together and do anything and meet in the middle and, and progress our country in the civil rights arena. And it happened then. It could happen now. But I want I want you to talk to us a little bit about uh, Teddy Roosevelt and Booker T. Washington and why this is an important story for people to know today. Look, uh, you know, I do expect you to know who's in World War II, but I don't expect people to have the same passion that we have for history. It's just one of those things that, you know, people talk about science. I try to concentrate. I'm just terrible at it. So what I wanted to do is is describe the, the story, these two great people, and make people get reintro- re, uh, reintroduce people to the greatness of America and know that these people came from nowhere, nowhere to be outstanding Americans. And one guy's on the side of a mountain, the other going should be, and that's Booker T. Washington. And nobody could have come from a lesser place up until nine, couldn't read or write, was a slave, told us the story, and then, uh, and then kept enlarging this story. And not to, not to, so you're in awe of him, but you, you're going to be in awe of him. And then when you read about Booker T, I was seeing how he linked up with Roosevelt and how much respect Roosevelt had for him. And Roosevelt wrote the forward to one of his last books. And I go, I went up to the Roosevelt people and I said, am I, is this a stretch? Am I creating a, a relationship and a friendship that was more than it actually was? And they go, no, do it. You got my backing. Because I know Teddy Roosevelt some, uh, said some things that show he had blind spots. 
But I know that this, as rich as he was, he was lucky to live because of severe asthma and he had internal issues, some type of cholera of the intestines. Mm. This guy had a horrendous upbringing. Also along the way, he lost his mother, who was extremely close to, and his wife on the same day with an infant. So for those people who say, well, Roosevelt had seven generations of wealth, what is he, how can you relate to Booker T? Well, he lost, Booker T lost two wives to early death, and Booker T was literally born a slave. And all they thought of, how do I make America better? And, and once I'm free, how do I get an education at Booker T's place? And then how do I become a professor in Booker T's place? Then, then he said he got recommended because he impressed so many people to run this place called Tuskegee. How would he do that? How would he start with just a shed, a, a broken down barn, and end up with a sprawling campus that was graduating more people than Harvard and Yale? And that's the story I wanted to tell. So when people ask you, is this a great country? You'll say yes. Are we a perfect country? No. But what makes us great is the people that make it up of this country and also that we try to be great every day. Mm -hmm. And no one could have picked out two Americans like this and said they will be all-time greats. And they did. And that could be anyone listening right now. We're speaking with Brian Kilmeade. And, you know, Brian, I was over the holiday. We watched for the first time with my I have a 13 year old son, an 11 year old daughter, seven year old daughter, two year old. We watched Remember the Titans and, you know, happening uh, in the 70s, which is a wonderful movie. It still is as good as it ever was, in my opinion. But my kids watched a segregate, you know, these these schools come together and they were dumbfounded at the idea that that kind of segregation existed. And, I mean, you know, obviously this is civil rights time and, and a lot of success, but a lot of work still to do. And I just thought to myself, the amount of progress that our country has made yeah. over racial issues, like my kids looked at us like what they were watching was the worst thing that they had ever seen in their life because they couldn't even fit it into their mind. And you're talking, you know, back into this era where we were working to make progress then. You, you would think that that would be something to celebrate in this country that we have done so well with the understanding we still have work to do. Exactly. Uh, I, and the thing that I like, you didn't say to the kids, that didn't happen in America. That's exaggerated. No, it did. And when people like I was on C-SPAN the other day and they was taking questions and they get a lot of haters. And I, I love it. <laughs> and well, one of the questions was, I can't see their faces like this, but one of the faces, one of the questions was, wow, uh, if your book was out in Florida, Ron DeSantis would ban it. <laughs> I know. Do you even understand what he was doing? Do you understand he never denied slavery segregation? He wanted the true accuracy of our country. He just didn't want it to be written by haters. He didn't want sexuality in our libraries for second and third graders. He want to be taught it. He just wanted to be able to see it. That's book banning if you are somebody out to get him, but you're telling an inaccurate story. My book would go in any library in Florida if, they, if I would be flattered if anyone would do that. But Teddy and Booker T is the story of two great Americans that should inspire people to read more about them than not the definitive biography of them. They both wrote their own stories, unlike Lincoln and Douglas. Douglas wrote his, but Lincoln never had a chance to write his. He would have been unbelievable had he, from his perspective. So I just will use their words, brought it up, got other biographers, people that knew him, and then talked about how they interacted at the end when Teddy was vice president and became president, and they end up will have a lifetime friendship. And Teddy Roosevelt would serve on the board of Tuskegee University. So to, to back then it was normal college. It was called normal college. So he would be there. And he, in his commencement address is there for everyone to read. So I, if a guy, the guy was raised by a mom, if 
from the South whose two brothers fought for the Confederacy. And he's able to become president and see greatness in Booker T, not a black man, just a great American. So I think that should be inspiring. Last question before we let you go. We're speaking with Brian Kilmeade here on the Andy Fry Show. Do you think that there are modern heroes like Booker T and Teddy Roosevelt who can create modern progress in 2023? I think so. Just give them the opportunity. I mean, I talk to great people of all different races all the time. I'm able to go out in the field. I'm going to see you guys Friday night. Then I'm going to Dallas, and then I'm going to go uh, to three stops in Texas. And I'll meet great people of all different colors. Everyone's capable of doing it. But right now, uh, they don't. I don't see anyone there. The next Martin Luther King. I don't see Malcolm X. I, I see uh, people who want to rabble rouse. I see people that want to wreck and destroy and criticize. I don't see one of people built. And uh, I think it's out there uh, that we always have the right person at the right time. I'm convinced we will have somebody step up to do that. And that's the story of, of the stories I try to put together. And I'm not making it up. I just am astounded. The right people at the right time for the most unexpected circumstances, whether it's that orphan kid named Andrew Jackson or that unproductive, unmotivated behemoth of a man named Sam Houston or Frederick Douglass, who escaped to freedom and was a fugitive, or Abraham Lincoln, one year of formal schooling. America will find the right person at the right time. And, man, maybe it's in 2024. From your lips to God's ears. I, I finished The President and the Freedom Fighter when you came out with that. I can't wait to get, get done with Teddy and Booker T. And I can't wait to see you Friday night, Brian. Thanks for giving us some time uh, here, and we'll see you in a few days. Yeah, uh, I'll see everyone at KFTK shortly, and I'm going to make sure uh, that this is a great night. So thanks to everyone for selling it out. Yeah, well, we're looking forward to it. We'll talk to you soon. Brian Kilmeade of The Brian Kilmeade Show right here on 97.1 FM Talk. His book is Teddy and Booker T, How Two American Icons Blazed a Path for Racial Equality. And you get it now. It's going to be a great read. He has a wonderful way of telling the story that takes these historical characters that you've heard of, that you've read about, that are bold-faced words in your social studies book from seventh grade, and he makes them human and makes them relatable. It makes them to makes some people who you can read the story the way Brian Kilmeade tells it and you get to know these people as humans and understand them better flaws and everything Teddy and Booker T go go check it out by Brian Kilmeade and hopefully we'll see you there on Friday night uh, it's going to be a great event at uh, Silo Point at Brookdale Farm sold out event really excited about it good time to get together and celebrate Christmas with you and the 97.1 staff Brian Kilmeade included all right, let's take a quick break. More Andy Fry Show when we return. The YouTube live chat poll for today is how has the 2023 economy affected your Christmas preparation? Positively, negatively, or not at all? Uh, Pond says, although the economy sucks, we refuse to let it negatively affect our Christmas preparation. That doesn't mean we aren't considering considering spending less on president, presents. Huh. All right, let us know what you think. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to the Andy Fry Show. It's been quite a show so far. We had Jim Carafano in the 1225 slot today. Talk to him about the news regarding the hostage release. They, let's see. Hamas releases 11 Israeli hostages in fourth ceasefire exchange. According to Fox News, um, Hamas released 11 hostages to the International Red Cross on Monday in the fourth exchange of terror of the terrorist group groups ongoing ceasefire with Israel. The exchange comes hours after Israel and Hamas agreed to a two-day extension to current ceasefire, which 
was set to expire Monday. According to the Wall Street Journal, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's office has expressed openness to extending the ceasefire by one day for every 10 Israeli hostages released. Hamas released 58 hostages over the first three days of the ceasefire, including 40 Israeli citizens in exchange. Israel released roughly 150 Palestinian criminals held in Israeli prisons. So, uh, more hostages have been released, and those positive stories end up starting to come to the surface about these people who have been returned to their families. But man, there is some serious heartbreak. When... When you see some of these people return to their families, but their families aren't there to be returned to. <sighs> that 10-month-old, I think it was 10 months old when the one child was taken and had been gone for, I don't know, it was coming up on a birthday. It's just really, it's it's so heavy that it's something that I think turns a lot of people from the news. And then you don't, you're you're not sitting there thinking like, oh, I need to know the exact next thing, the exact next detail that's happening here. But it is a part of the reality of the situation. The the the, the implication of the 2024 election, it will have we will have such great consequence no matter who we choose. And I, I just interesting to hear Steve Moore say that he doesn't think that Joe Biden is going to be the nominee. I've been saying that I think since Joe Biden was inaugurated that he would not be a a two-term president, which is ironic because Joe Biden himself said that he would not run for re-election, and of course that proved not to be true. So many things have taken such a drastic turn in the course of the years that he has now been the president that I just don't feel as though he can't do it. There are way too many, way too many um, weak spots in his presidency that I don't, if they don't think that they can win with Joe Biden running for re-election, they will replace him. I just don't know how they're going to do it. I don't I don't know. I don't know the mechanics because you have to do it on a state by state level. You have to be able to make sure that the name of the person can get can get on the ballot. Donald Trump being the lead candidate for the Republican Party. When when you listen to the Trump detractors, There are people in the Republican Party who are concerned about Donald Trump being the nominee. And if you're I mean, if if you if you're somebody who is sensitive to the Trump effect, you don't love him as your candidate and you know how much Joe Biden is destroying the country. I don't understand Republican voters who won't vote for Donald Trump again, who say they won't. And I hope that there is a part of them that will end up coming to their senses when it comes time to check the box and will vote for him. The stakes are way too high. You have a primary, and if you can convince enough people that Donald Trump's not the right guy for the job, then then somebody else needs to win the primary. But come time for the nominee to be put there, you, we need to support the candidate that is going to beat the Democrats and Joe Biden. The stakes are so high that people like Representative Eric Swalwell can say dumb things like this. Would you like to see the United States doing more to pressure Prime Minister Netanyahu to take more steps to reduce civilian casualties? Yes, and I well, first, President Biden has done that. And I also like to step back uh, when I see some of the heat President Biden is taking and think, what would the alternative be? If Donald Trump was reelected or if Donald Trump was president at this time, can you imagine? what the scenario would be in the Middle East. It would probably be the United States and Israel in a World War III-like scenario with Iran, Hezbollah, and Hamas. 
President Biden has not sent a single American into the conflict, but he is now pulling American hostages out of the conflict. We're supporting Israel. We're getting aid uh, into the region. So far, we've held off other enemies of Israel and America. That's why President Biden was elected. And, and that's why I think he needs to be given, you know, the room uh, to negotiate, you know, what is ultimately a resolution to this conflict. Swalwell thinks that Joe Biden is the hero here. Swalwell thinks that Joe Biden is the guy who is going to save the day. Joe Biden is the guy who has gotten, in many cases, this situation to be a possibility in the world. And, and it's through the funding of Iran. And Jim Carafano, he is very apt to remind us that what's going on in Israel right now at Gaza with Hamas and the absolute hatred and disgust that this terrorist organization has for the existence of Jew, Jewish people. That this is downstream from an emboldening of Iran on the behalf of Americans and American tax dollars. We we have to look to the next election as we have to be unified. The left is going to be sliced and diced in a lot of different ways with Jill Stein, Cornell West, RFK Jr., Joe Biden, or fill in the blank here for whomever is going to take Joe Biden's place. The Republicans have to be unified. And if, if they're not, it's the, the consequences are just so, so, so large. Uh, this is this is what Joe Scarborough. I talked about this a little bit when we we discussed when we were talking to Brian Kilmeade. But but listen to Joe Scarborough. Hey, the crisis we're going through right now, where the world could really spiral into World War Three, but it's not because a guy who's actually had fifty years of experience. It shows the contrast between a guy obsessed with marketing his brand, a guy obsessed with gestures, a guy who governed by gesture versus well Joe Biden who has 50 years of experience, and when a deal goes sideways on the hostages, he can pick up the phone, he can call, he can get it done. Experience matters, and the contrast, and it makes me so angry when people are talking about, oh, Joe Biden, he's out of it, he's this, he's... No, he's not. On Joe Biden's worst day, he's light years ahead of Donald Trump on policy, on politics, <laughs> on diplomacy. So Joe Scarborough dipping into the eggnog a little bit soon there, it appears. Have you? Did you hear what he did there? The guy, he said this multiple times, like, this is the dunk. This is the trump card, no pun intended. The guy who has 50 years of experience. Yeah, but if he can't remember those 50 years, it doesn't really serve the purpose of the American people. Nobody's buying that, Joe. Nobody is is listening to what you're saying here and going, gosh, you're right. This guy, he he really has this on lock. The idea that President Trump governs by gesture. You're you're saying that Joe Biden is best equipped to handle World War Three that we are about to get ourselves into because Joe Biden is president and that your fear that Donald Trump wouldn't be. But you don't have the ex we don't have the resume that suggests how Donald Trump would handle World War Three because we didn't have to deal with it when Trump was a president. Gosh, do you hear yourself? I don't know how many people do because he's on MSNBC. Anywho, let's stick around because when we come back, Katie and Jesse Johnson from STS Armory to talk to us about guns, gun laws, and prepping. Don't go away. Get more at 971talk.com.